Hello everyone and thank you for joining this episode of Wiki Update. My name is Jesse, but the community calls me Jay Wale. In today's episode of Wiki Update, we'll be doing the International Podcast Day. And International Podcast Day is always celebrated on 30th of September. And during this day, we have podcasters around the world, you know, um, celebrating this day. And as a result of a community podcast or an open community podcast we thought it wise to also celebrate this day with the community at large because we always um you know kind of gather content and also information from the community in terms of the activities that they are doing and you know it's a privilege having discussions with various wikipedians and um other community members discussing their project and other stuff within the movement on wiki updates yeah, so today we'll be having a lot of speakers speaking relating to various topics and also um, giving us insights on whatever they are doing and the future at large relating to their project. Now, um, we'll be having um, a keynote address which will be delivered by Dave Lee, the founder of International Podcast Day. Um, at the moment, he is not available for us to give that speech, but he has sent us a note to do that and I'll be delivering that shortly. So kindly stay tuned in and listen to the notes that David sent to us. So this is from Dave. Hello everyone. My name is Dave Lee, founder of International Podcast Day. And I am truly honored to celebrate alongside the Wikimedia and Wiki Update communities this September 30th, which is the International Podcast Day. First, let me see that I truly wanted to record a video to share with you today, but unfortunately came down with a severe cold that prevented me from doing so. For a little background, Podcast Day was founded in 2014 when my father Steve came up with the idea after hearing a radio commercial for National Senior Citizens Day. Thinking that was pretty cool, it begged the question of why wasn't there a day of celebration for podcasting. That's when Steve said to himself, let's create a podcast day. That's where the adventure began. In 2014, we held the inaugural National Podcast Day event and celebration here in the United States. We provided six hours of live streaming, which included call-ins from podcasters from around the country. The team held a Q&A session on Google Hangout. We endorsed podcasting meetups across the states by following by fellow world-renowned podcasters. In 2015, we listened to the podcast community and rebranded to International Podcast Day. Then I had a crazy idea to live stream 34 hours straight and featured podcasters from around the world. We started in New Zealand and hour by hour worked our way around the globe to stream nearly 200 hours, bringing in 350 podcasters from nearly 100 countries, including Australia, New Zealand, Thailand, Poland, Germany, South Africa, Jamaica, Spain, Argentina, Mexico, 
United Arab Emirates, Nigeria, Philippines, India, France, Switzerland, Scotland, UK, Finland, Canada, and the United States and more. So that's a little background into the origin of International Podcast Day. And thanks for the International Podcast Day communities. The day of celebration has grown into something spectacular. And of course, that is where you as a community come in. The Wikimedia communities themselves are changing and affecting the growth of the industry. Your voice is in podcasting is the ultimate sign of expression and gives you the power to use your words to provide training and educate and also um, provide learning engagement to community members. Your voice allows you to speak directly to your audience about your experiences, your stories, your successes, and your struggles. But of course, it's more than that. When you record and share your stories in an audio format, it highlights our similarities while also celebrating our differences. To add to that, your voice is unique, which which in turn means that the stories you share puts you there at a unique platform. Your podcast is a tool, a tool for self-expression, for making new connections, for creating value in the industry, and for creating value to your audience. Your voice in podcasting is a tool you can leverage to bring more people into joining your community. Similar to how International Podcast Day celebration is a great opportunity to connect with fellow podcasters, listeners, audio enthusiasts, and leaders in the industry. Being involved with the Wiki Wiki movement is an excellent opportunity to connect and engage with your community members, audience, stakeholders, knowledge keepers, um, knowledge keepers, and more. You are on the front line, as they say, of contributing to the sum of all human knowledge and sharing in-depth knowledge in a space and time that is desperate for learning and truth. So I hope you continue to contribute to building the future of podcasting and continue to explore new ideas and concepts. I also encourage you all to use Wiki Update Podcast and it to reach other platforms as a way of providing training, education, and learning to communities around the world. Continue to share and tell these fantastic stories within and beyond the Wiki movement. I wish the best to the team, including Maxwell, Ruby, Mohammed, Collins, and Amir, who are speaking at your event. Happy International Podcast Day and have a great day full of celebration. Take care, everyone. Wow. Awesome and fantastic speech from Dave Lee. I've been inspired and I also believe that you have also been inspired. Um, quickly, let's move on to our speakers and let's listen to what they have for us. Thanks, thanks for taking time to listen to 
this speech from Dave Lee. So, our first speaker for International Podcast Day is Maxwell Beganum. Maxwell is a climate activist and is a person who is passionate about activities around the open movement. And he's also a Wikipedian as well. Now, he's here to kind of talk about climate in the open movement and also how um, it has an impact in relation to podcasting. Can you stay tuned in and listen to him as he shares? Thank you very much, JC, for this wonderful opportunity. And my name is Maxwell, as JC has already introduced. So um, I also would like to just um, say a very big thank you for giving me this opportunity to speak on International Podcast Day. And what I will be highlighting on today is the importance of open and then climate conversation. How the open movement or how the concept of open can be leveraged on in the fight against climate change. So that is basically the conversation that I'm going to highlight. And then I'll give some key um, and point or case in point on how the, the open movement has been successful over um, the years in terms of climate advocacy. So a day to reflect today as International Podcast Day, I believe the day to reflect on the impact as well as the future development of podcasts and the importance of integrating and challenging traditional ways of learning as well as staying up to date on very relevant issues and conversation. I think that languages and indigenous communities can also equally leverage on podcasts for their stories to be heard. Against this backdrop, I believe that as there are developments in the podcast domain or in the podcast ecosystem, a lot more people can think through how they can also include or how their conversations or how their languages can be represented on podcasts all around the world, which can be accessed all around the world. And then it comes back to open. As far as this podcast is made openly accessible and freely accessible, it promotes the whole conversation of open as well. Now, I would also want us to know that um, if our ancestors were early adopters of podcasts, we would have documented most of our oral histories, but then we cannot also fault them because at that time, technology was not um, very available as we have it today. So the onus is on us to make very good use of podcasts and then the importance of um, uh, 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 the technology as well in having some of these conversations. Now, I'll quickly want to move into what I have to speak on today, which is the issue of open and then climate. Open and then climate and how the open movement plays a very critical role in the fight against climate change. So um, Jesse, I don't know if you have some questions to ask can go on, you can go on. All right, thank you very much. So um, open and climate is very key. Looking at the issues on environmental sustainability that is going on and how to preserve knowledge or knowledge preserve as well as access. 
Now the alarm bells are ringing and then it is deafening. And the importance of climate conversation is very key as it is affecting all of us. We are now seeing damages and severe drought and, and, and environmental um, issues around the world. Now we are faced with biodiversity loss where some species are going extinct. We have forests that are being degrading at an exponential rate. Talk about energy crisis, sea level rise as a result of temperatures rising. This is just to mention a few. Now there's a clarion call for us to act and the need and the importance to act now. Climate action, as I believe, is a collective effort. The fight against climate change is a collective effort. We all need to be involved one way or the other. We can do it in silos as well as we can do it together. But at the end of the conversation, what we want to see is that there is a collective aim or a collective goal to keep our environment safe. Now, it is very important that we also understand that having access to knowledge is very important. And then podcast presents some of these opportunities. If experts are able to document or write or follow the conversations and make you freely accessible, what we are then doing is that we are creating awareness we are promoting lightning talks in some of these issues or some of these areas that ordinarily people wouldn't talk about. A lot of people feel and a lot of people think that the fight against climate change or the climate conversation is very scientific and it has nothing or there is no correlation into the life that they live. So this is when open or the, the concept of open plays a very important role as well. Now, if we believe that information should be freely accessible, if knowledge should, uh, is freely accessible, there would be, uh, 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 there would be that closing gap when it comes to the knowledge poverty that exists. There was going to be a bridge, a knowledge bridge, when we are able to first identify the, the, the gap that exists, and I believe that OPIN presents that. I also believe that with OPIN, in, in conceptual framework cannot work when there is not people to champion the, the concept or the, 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 the whole idea of OPIN. And that is where we narrow the conversation to OPIN movement. So OPIN movement is a, a collective effort of individuals that believe in the idea and the goal of open to make information accessible, information accessible or, or information access, so to speak. So if we have individuals who understand this concept and believe that, look, we are coming together to promote knowledge, to promote climate conversation, to make sure that climate conversation becomes openly accessible and freely accessible in order to educate the populace. Now, 
how then do we even get a lot more people to join this movement is to first present or the key people in the open movement should be able to tell more people about it and it still comes back to open, making this information available that look if you are interested in the conversation of climate there are people who are also in a movement that champions the open and then we can create that synergy there could be that synergy there could be that synergy of people who are in open and at the same time people who are interested in climate to come together and then create lasting solutions to this conversation i know i'm speaking a lot but then uh, the conversation would even be, be very relevant to people i'm able to explore some of the opportunities that have been presented over the years in the open movement so a case in point that i would use to uh, explain all that i have said is when a group of young people came together who are in the open movement and at the same time in the climate space decided to to run a conference or host a conference and this conference is going to leverage on the open tools as well as to also um, um, have a capacity session for climate activists so that these climate activists can understand the open, join the open movement and also make sure that there, there is that cohesion of, um, of, 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 of coherence of um, um, vision, right? That, is, that was the main idea. So they came together and I, I was very fortunate to be a co-founder of uh, that conversation or that conference, which is the Wiki Green Initiative. So the Wiki Green Initiative hosted the Wiki Green Conference. That, as a matter of greening the internet or as a matter of making information accessible, we had to include people within the tech space who didn't have any uh, knowledge in 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 um, the open concept or the open movement. The end goal was that these climate uh, activists were able to understand the various tools that they could use in open to make their uh, uh, advocacy very relevant, to give them a wider audience for, for, for them to be recognized in their fight against climate. So this is just one case in point where um, the open also served as an opportunity for climate activists to exacerbate the whole idea of um, or the whole concept of advocacy as well as capacity building. So if this is something that can, can, can come uh, um, along the way when people have understanding in open and then climate change, I believe that it is it's serving as even a bigger platform to have these conversations as well as to give a lot more people opportunity to tap into the knowledge reserve. So I would also touch on some of the key things in the the Wikipedia space to be very specific. So if you look at the, the Wikimedia movement, there are a lot of projects that are going on. There is also an open movement that champions this uh, uh, foundation or the, the efforts of the foundation. And there is Wikipedia. So what is Wikipedia? So Wikipedia serves as a platform where people can access information freely, use information, remix information without any uh, copyright infringement. So if advocates are, are, are not having access to information or encyclopedia, uh, information in an encyclopedia, Wikipedia presents a clear platform or, or an equitable platform for people to access, not only to access, but to also 
curate content on if uh, um, um, climate that may not necessarily be there. So you see that the, the platform is not only serving as that which you are going to only access information, but then you can also curate content in there. In text, that's Wikipedia. In Commons, that's multimedia. And there are other sister projects that um, because of time, I may not be able to highlight. However, after as the conversation is going on, there are other open um, tools that we can equally explore. Another important thing that I think climate and open creates that nexus is in um, um, resilience or talking about um, uh, before disaster, uh, um, giving information ahead of time when there is disaster. And that is where open street maps come in. So this is a map that can be freely used, can be freely downloaded. Uh, it can be used offline and then it can also be used online. So these are also um, people who believe in the concept of open that information should be readily available without any um, restrictions, without any um, kind of blockade. So we realize that it also presents an opportunity to for climate uh, activists or for people who are interested in the climate conversation to equally come and then improve on this map. So the, the whole concept of open is to co-curate together to form solutions. Okay, so that is the whole idea of open and make this solution openly accessible, openly accessible. So that is how the street, uh, open street map also helps in the uh, conversation when it comes to uh, climate action. There are a lot more. Now, there, there are also um, types or the open has been categorized into open journals, open science, and open, it's a lot. But then I'll also give a very uh, practical example of how um, open is very important. When COVID hit so hard, we realized that a lot of um, research publications were in journals that people had to pay before they had access to it. But at the, at the, at the peak of it, most of these journals had to make their information open for that duration in order to allow more people to have access to the information, read on the information and be able to make informed decisions based on that. That is a clear indication of how important open can be because at that import at that at that time that there was that disaster or there was that um, um, pandemic, you realize that now the, the the whole idea was let's make the information open so that we can have a lot more people from different sectors to have access to the information, make informed decisions, and then the fight becomes our fight and not only people in the uh, scientific community. This also presents a very nice case for climate conversations to look at. Do we always have to wait for um, the, the disaster to hit before these journals or these paid uh, um, or these restricted uh, publications to be given out? No. It is time that people understand or people within the scientific community understand that if information is made open and access, we all could create the solution to face the challenges. So that is also one way that present there's also open um, line session this is where yes the content is openly accessible to make it free however there is an ownership model that is attached to having this uh, deep conversation all right or having your information out there so 
yes, you are making it open, but you still have uh, um, um, access or you still have a kind of ownership on the information that you put there. And that conversation will lead us to intellectual property. So people also, or a lot more people are also getting um, the, the, the importance of making their essays, their writ public, but still will be attributed to them. Others equally want their, their information to be out there in the public domain so that people can use it wherever it is applicable. Looking at all this case, you realize that open plays a very critical role in the fight against um, climate change. And then the call is that climate change now, climate action now, sorry about that. So the climate action should be now and not later. And because of that, we need to leverage on all available information, credible information, as we co-curate solutions together. Thank you. Thank you, Max. Thank you for joining this episode of Wiki Updates. It's amazing having you on Wiki Update today um, on International Podcast Day. And you know, when you talk about International Podcast Day, then we are, we are talking about day for podcasters to kind of um, involve community in what they are doing. So today, as Wiki Update is an open podcast for the Wikimedia community and beyond, uh, we'll, we'll be speaking to uh, Ruby DB, as she's called, or Ruby D. Brown, or let me say Ruby, um, from Open Foundation West Africa. She's come to give much insight concerning um, Ida Education Project, if I'm right, and share her thoughts and how various education projects are ongoing within the Wikimedia ecosystem and beyond. So uh, if you're around the world listening to me, can you stay tuned in and listen to Ruby as she delivers her, her talk? Ruby, over to you. Thank you so much, Jesse, um, for inviting me to your podcast. Um, I feel so privileged to be here. And today being an international podcast day, I'm here to talk to you about a lot of things that might interest you, what we at Open Foundation West Africa are doing. So I'm currently the programs officer at Open Foundation West Africa, where I design and coordinate a lot of um, different programs uh, in the organization and with the community. So, um, so what is Open Foundation West Africa all about? So we're basically a non-profit organization that is um, interested in building digital skills for the youth and also um, increase content about Africa online through Wikipedia and it's a start project. And we organize a lot of programs and that also includes campaigns that aimed at increasing content online, building capacity of the youth, individuals, organizations in the region, in Ghana and beyond. Um, so one of the projects that I'm happy to talk to you about is the Africa Wiki Challenge. The Africa Wiki Challenge is an online campaign that um, calls on all Africans who live in Africa and Africans in the diaspora who are interested in projecting content about Africa online. 
through Wikipedia, and it's a subproject. And the whole idea is that you want to be able to project the African identity and want to also be able to bridge the content gap. It may look like there are a lot of content about Africa online, but that is a lie. Because when you look at statistics, we have seen a persistent gap about uh, content that are not uh, represented online about Africa. And we all know that from history, most of the problem um, that has accounted to that is the fact that we're not able to document our stories. We have a lot of oral histories. Um, those days when our sisters were there, there were not that much education. People didn't know how to write the languages that they spoke. And so there were not a lot of documentation going on until um, we began to learn it from our colonial masters. Like when there was this colonialism and all of that, we began to learn this, I thought I was off, began this, to learn this from our colonial uh, masters. So, um, I mean, these things, these gap are coming from a number of reasons that uh, we, we, I mean, that like a number of things that have accounted to uh, the persistent gap online. And so as part of our effort to help bridge this African content gap, we felt the need that why don't we organize a campaign that builds capacity of Africans to be able to document their own story because a story that is told by people who are experiencing it is well told than someone who have no contextual knowledge and trying to tell our story. And so um, for some time now, we've seen how people are more interested about documenting African history, African culture. They were not even from Africa. And so I asked myself that, what are the Africans themselves doing about your stories, like about projecting their history, about telling their story themselves? Because you cannot tell your story better than yourself. No one can tell your story better than yourself. And so we felt the need that, no, we need to bring the Africans together. We need to team up and fight this cause. And so the African Wiki Challenge is one of the signature uh, campaigns that have sort of like brought Africans together towards uh, a, a common goal. And these campaigns usually organized or hosted between the months of May and June. And what that means is that we collaborate because I mean, the Wikimedia movement, Affiliate and all that, we are all about collaboration. Wikimedia movement is all about collaboration because the work that we're doing cannot be done by one person. And I myself, I cannot bridge the whole African content gap that I'm missing. Day in and day out, information are being turned out. And so the space that we information are coming out, if we don't rise up quickly to this call, I'm sorry, that the gap will still be persistent. And so um, <laughs> this campaign seeks to bring 
collaboration between African uh, across the continent and even people who are interested in projecting African continent online. So you don't necessarily have to be an African, but if you have interest in projecting Africa, this is a campaign for you to be involved in. So this campaign usually happens from May to June. And this campaign has been in existence for the past two years. We've run two iterations of the campaign already. So the first iteration of the campaign, we sought to uh, look at landmarks. The theme was landmarks in Africa. And the campaign sort of to project the various landmarks that uh, we see in Africa. And it was amazing that we saw wonderful, beautiful stories from different places, stories that we didn't even know about, but they were, all these stories were documented. And I think it increases visibility of significant landmarks that existed in Africa in diverse languages. And it's so beautiful that I can go online and easily know that, oh, if I go to um, Kenya, these are the landmarks that are there. These are the place that I can visit. It increases tourism, it boosts the economy of the country or the continent. And so these are things that we are looking at because the more visible we are online, the more opportunities that we bring to the continent. And this campaign, the first iteration of the campaign, which sought to uh, increase landmarks in Africa was participated by uh, four countries, and that's Ghana, Tanzania, Russia, and Rwanda. And so these countries like organized local campaigns in their region and along the same theme. And it was wonderful because, I mean, for the first time, we've seen like this kind of uh, response from the African content. And we had more than 253 editors from 12 countries. And that's amazing because, I mean, like individuals who participated in writing content came from 12 different countries across the continent. And there were contributions in four languages and we created more than 2.5 thousand articles. That was very impressive. The second iteration. Um, so in that, that same year, the first year, we also received some sort of like support from the AU as a partner. And they also uh, supported us with the African Fact Book. So if you go to the Africa Week Challenge 2021 meta page, you see that you can have access to the African Fact Book. And it has beautiful history that has been documented. These are things that we can write different story reference and reference to this uh, publication. There was so much stories about Africa that we can learn from. And so this also was very helpful for editors who uh, were contributing to this article. And one of and during the 2022, we organized uh, the theme for that year was Africa culture. And one beautiful thing about this theme was that we reached out to the community to vote for a team. There were a number of teams that uh, we made them choose from. And amazingly, most of them turned to choose Africa culture. And so that's what led us to choose because that's the beauty of collaboration. The people that we serve, we want to be able to empower them to be able to, I mean, 
choose what they choose the direction that they want to go. So this also um, was very interesting because we saw participation from 10 countries. Then that was an increase from last year. So that included Ghana, Nigeria, Benin, Burundi, Cote d'Ivoire, and Sudan. And we improved drastically. We uh, also had more than about 250 editors from 20 countries. And we, we had contributions in 10 languages and created um, more than 4,000 articles. And that was impressive. So why am I talking a lot about this African Wiki Challenge and why I think it's very important for us to um, be involved? One of the interesting things that these Africa Wiki Challenge provide was that we made opportunity for newcomers. We, we gave opportunities for newcomers to be trained. And that's the whole idea because we cannot ask Africans to write their story when they don't know how to do that. And so the entire campaign period, which is six weeks, was dedicated for capacity building. So every week we had volunteers who were there twice a week to train new people. So one of the days was used for training new editors and another day was used to support people who are facing technical challenges or who wanted like to ask general questions and all of that. And it was amazing that we were able to build capacity of people from different countries who passed through our trainings and saw our trainings as very useful during the campaign. And so that also like sort of like really helped us uh, achieve the, the goal of the campaign that we were organizing, which is the Africa Wiki Challenge. So next year, we're going to be organizing the third iteration of the Africa Wiki Challenge. And we want it to be bigger. We want it to be better. We want more Africans to join because this is a campaign for not just Ghana, not just Open Foundation, this is a campaign for Africa. And this is one of the great ways that Africans can come together and collaborate to push an agenda. And that is helping to bridge the African content gap online, which is so significant. So I encourage you all, if you have no idea how to participate, write to us info at OFWA.org. We'll be providing various mentorship support. And that's what we did last year. We were able to mentor other organizers, support them throughout for the truth to the time that they were able to apply for their grants to organize their event. If you're also an individual who want to participate, yes, of course, you're welcome to participate because, I mean, this is a very uh, worthy cause for all of us to be able to put Africa on the map. And um, that is the little that I want to share about Africa Wiki Challenge. There are many um, other programs that we at Open Foundation West Africa organize, and that also includes um, the Kibbutz for School project. And so the Kibbutz for School project is also one of the projects that we do in, Africa, in Ghana. We've tried to design a model that has been very helpful in implementing um, this project sustainable and cost-effective. And we're looking forward that in 2022, sorry, 2023, we wanna be able to provide 
mentorship opportunities for other African um, organizers, individuals who are interested in implementing this project in their region. We want to share our experience, how we did it and how it worked for us and see how you can also localize that campaign in your region to increase access to complementary uh, educational resources, especially in areas that are remote and do not have access to internet, because we all understand the internet challenge in Africa is a real thing. It's a big deal. We buy data and it's no in no time it's, it's done. And it's so costly that it can cost someone's annual, like monthly uh, uh, salary. To, to buy data. So basically that's also um, one of the projects that you can be looking forward to. We'll talk more about that during the weekend in Daba, but that is what I would like to uh, talk to you about. And lastly, I would like to also talk to you about um, the EduWiki Sub-Saharan Africa Network, Collaborators Network. So. This is an educational space for Wikimedians who are doing education, Wikipedia and education projects or Wikimedia and education projects to be involved and to talk about their story. So if you're, you've not heard about the EduWiki Collaborators Network, yes, this is a, just look for it on Meta and read more about it. We have a Telegram page, we have a Facebook, so just Google. Facebook, Telegram, or ask someone to show you how you can be part of the community or join the spaces that we have created on Telegram, Facebook, and Twitter. Yes. Thank you so much, Jesse, for the opportunity to share this brief insight about um, the opportunities that are available in the open, in the movement that we are in. Okay, thank you, Ruby, for joining this um, exciting um, day of International Podcast Day. And probably, I don't know, in the future, we might still bring you on board to come and still elaborate on various engagements within the space. Thank you, Ruby. Thank you too so much, Jesse. Okay. Have, a, have a wonderful day. You too. Bye. <laughs> Yes, so our next speaker is Mohammed Sadat, who is the community communications manager for Wikidata. And he's here to share much insights on Wikidata birthday on International Podcast Day. Let's stay tuned in and listen to him. What is it all about? So as you know, Wikidata went live on October 2012, specifically on the 29th of October. So this year, we are celebrating 10 years of Wikidata together and we would like to see the community organize celebration events all over the world and to create you know, a network of local community-led events that could either take place online or on-site you know, around the 29th October date. And the main goals of, um, of you know, Wikidata's 10th birthday uh, to celebrate the achievement of the amazing community of volunteers that we have and to share knowledge amongst um, these individual communities 
So, you know, encouraging people to share what they know about Wikidata and its related tools. And also, of course, to onboard new people into the community to introduce new people to Wikidata. So in various areas of the world, people are going to get together to organize different kinds of birthday events, meetups, workshops, discussions, live streams, editing campaigns, and so on. I know the Igbo Wikidata Hub in Nigeria, for example, are organizing an editing session and they are going to have some cake um, after the editing session to celebrate. <laughs> um, the Guruni community in Ghana, the Global Open Initiative community also in Ghana are having their own celebrations. I know there are going to be um, some meetups in Benin, in Kenya, in Kwara State, also in Nigeria, and I think more than 35 different locations across the globe. How can communities engage? Good question. We are encouraging local Wikidata groups, affiliates and individuals to organize events and activities around the birthday or to prepare a special edition of their usual events dedicated to the birthday. Um, Wikimedia Deutschland and the foundation are providing funding for birthday activities this year. Many of you have already requested these funds, which is awesome. We also have some communication kits like um, background visuals, so you can print your own birthday items. Of course, <laughs> you don't have to use those kits, but we encourage you to, to make use of what you find useful in the collection because um, Wikimedia Deutschland and the foundation this year would not be sending any physical merchandise or swag or promotional items for Wikidata's 10th birthday. Um, on top of that, people are also preparing birthday presents and messages for the community. So we see people are creating blog posts, um, there are going to be videos and other kinds of media content. So I would say um, on how to engage as a community, there are so many ways you can engage and we would really like to see the community to get creative about how you want to you know, celebrate 12 amazing years of um, Wikidata. Any forms of satellite events? Um, so, examples of online or, you know, on-site events that communities could organize. Um, it could be an introduction to Wikidata for beginners. It could be, you know, just a celebration to cut cake um, with your local community. You could organize an editing session or an editing campaign on a specific topic. You could organize, you know, um, a hackathon to reuse data from Wikidata. People could organize translatathons to improve the labels of Wikidata in your language. Um, it could be an introduction to Wikidata to a local partner like a university or a library or a museum. Um, it could be a talk show about Wikidata in your language. Um, for example, in Ghana, um, the Wikimedian, the, the Ghana Wikimedian user group have been organizing these um, 
Wikidata into sessions on TV in Dagbani language, which is really amazing. Um, so yeah, there are so many so many ways in which you could organize an event around the birthday. To get ideas and inspiration, you could have a look at what happened in the previous years. And um, for example, in 2018, there are more than 30 events organized by local communities all across the world. And these have been documented on Wikidata, so people can take a look and see and then, um, you know, just get some inspiration from what um, other groups have done in the past. Is it only celebrated amongst the Wikidata community? <laughs> um, ideally, <laughs> everyone is free to celebrate Wikidata, uh, Wikidata's birthday. And it would be awesome if other communities that haven't engaged with Wikidata before or communities that have engaged with Wikidata but just haven't celebrated any of the birthday events in the past to get involved. We'd like to see them jump on board. We know that um, Wikidata is the one project that binds all the Wikimedia projects together. So we would like to see new communities get involved. And by so doing, they would get to understand better how, first of all, they can work with Wikidata. And secondly, how they may even use Wikidata to support their work on these other projects that they are working on. What kind of impact is the Wikidata birthday looking to make? At the end of the day, these celebrations are meant to commemorate the achievements of the community. You know, to honor the tireless efforts of the thousands of volunteers who are dedicating their valuable time and have been doing so in the last 10 years to build Wikidata. The editors who are creating new content, the data reusers, the data maintainers, the tool builders, community organizers, podcasters like yourself who are creating the platform for people to come and learn about Wikidata. And so um, we are really hoping to bring people together to share these achievements with each other, you know, and to talk about Wikidata to the rest of the world in order to get more people on board. Where do we go from here? Um, after this event, we would like to see people stay in touch with the Wikidata community and to keep engaging. And there are various places um, people can continue to stay in touch. There is the Wikidata Telegram group. There is the Wikidata mailing list. There is a project chat, which is a page on Wikidata where the community uses to discuss content, um, of, you know, to discuss Wikidata's content. There is the contact the developers page, um, you know, for people who have questions on technical issues related to Wikidata. There is the Wikidata channels on Twitter and on Facebook. And you can subscribe to the weekly newsletter to receive um, a weekly summary updates of all that has been going on in the world of Wikidata. Thank you, Sadat, for participating or joining us to celebrate International Podcast Day. It has been an amazing moment having you talking about Wikidata birthday and its engagement. And it's awesome. It's awesome. I believe 
more community members who participate this year and also getting into next year we have more people or maybe you have an increased number of people participating in wiki data birthday thank you very much and let's look forward to next year so um thank you um collins for joining this episode of wiki updates which is the international podcast the edition and basically this is to um, introduce um, community members concerning um, engagement around the Wikimedia ecosystem with variety of knowledge in relating to podcasts. And I believe that um, as a health personnel, you are going to deeply engage basically on your field around health and how um, um, health within the um, Wikispace can also affect the podcasting community. I leave the floor to you for you to engage um, the, the world now. So over to you, Collins. All right, so thank you very much for this opportunity. And I would like to also send my, my best regards to all our listeners across the globe, both in Ghana and in any part of the world. And so one of the things that I, I want us to really acknowledge is the fact that the world has evolved. And as far as health is concerned, healthcare has evolved over the period. And even with the advent of the internet, a lot has been done, and we hope that moving forward, the world will be able to achieve a much better health, with health being accessible and also aside health being accessible to all and sundry, people will be also will be able to have or enjoy quality health. And so this brings me to the, 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 the theme for my, my speech this afternoon. And so I would like to briefly touch on how we can use a platform like Wikipedia to promote health. And so basically when we talk about health promotion, with reference to the World Health Organization, the, the Ottawa's Charter, that is in 1986, and then the Bangkok Charter in 2005, they both summarize health promotion as a process of enabling people to have control over their health and its determinants, and thereby improving their health. And so health promotion, with health promotion, you are finding ways and means of empowering the people to have control over their health and then certain and then their health determinants. And in doing so, you go a long way of helping them to improve their health. And so the World Health Organization has, 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 has brought out three important components of health promotion. And so the first one is good governance. The second one is health literacy. And the third one is healthy cities. And so with good governance, what we mean by good governance in relation to health promotion is about the fact that policymakers, world leaders, and leaders across at all levels, ensuring that they factor in health in their daily planning or even if they want to draw a budget for a country, a financial budget for a country, they being able to factor in or allocating some funds or some 
resources to healthcare also go a long way to promote health. And so even with, with our policymakers and then with our leaders, our politicians across the world, some of these platforms can also raise awareness for them to know how important, how essential healthcare is. And so whenever they are making certain policies, they are also going to look at the health implications of certain decisions that they are taking for their country. And so let me, let me even cite this example. With the advent of COVID-19, I, I strongly believe that the Wikipedia platform and its other affiliate projects, they were able to come up with various findings on COVID-19. And then with something like this, it could be of help to leaders or policymakers so that whenever they are even making certain policies for their country, they will factor in some of these findings that the Wiki Wikipedia platform has, has brought out. And so we cannot underestimate the essence of good healthcare and also platforms like Wikipedia that for me, I, I call it the, the I, call, I call it, I call it the, 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 the like they, they, they certain a lot of trail, like they are trailblazers whenever it, when it, it even comes to health promotion. And it is from my own point of view. Yeah, but other people might, might, might have a different opinion, but with what I know and with what our experience and with what I've encountered with the Wikipedia platform so far, I, I strongly believe that in the sense where good governance become a component in trying to promote health, Wikipedia has also been a platform that tries to bring people's knowledge or create the awareness about certain important health issues confronting our world today. And so through some of these platforms, policymakers become aware of pressing health issues and also get certain insights into some health challenges so that they will be able to plan appropriately to be able to curb some of the health issues that we are having in, 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 our, in our world currently. And so the second bit or the second component of health promotion that I would like to touch on is health literacy. Years back, it was really difficult to even get in touch with a health worker or even get access to health information. But thanks to the internet and platforms like the Wikipedia platform, now a lot of information on different health conditions are available on the internet. And now both doctors, medical doctors, nurses, pharmacists, dietitians, physiotherapists, and all manner of healthcare workers have access to some health materials and health, other health information stuff on the Wikipedia platform. And so now access to health information has been made much more easier thanks to platforms like the Wikipedia platform. On the other hand too, now patients who want to seek healthcare from their healthcare providers have the flexibility of going online to have access to certain health information or to have an idea of what could be happening to them even before they go to the to see 
their healthcare provider at the various hospitals. And so Wikipedia as a platform is doing so much in promoting healthcare, even in, in this aspect too. Another thing too is that people can also go and get access to certain health info, information or health materials that can, they can use or incorporate into their research. And so the Wikipedia platform is also helping scientists, medical students, biomedical scientists, and all kinds of scientists in the healthcare industry who would love to go do certain researches and make certain references thanks to Wikipedia platform. Now they could have access to some of this information without much hassle. And so we cannot underestimate the importance or the work or the role that the Wikipedia platform is playing in giving us healthcare, in promoting good healthcare. And another thing that I also want to bring to light is that now the world initially infectious diseases was the main state, was the main issue or the main aspect of diseases that affected a lot of people. But in our current dispensation, there has been some dynamics to the extent that now a lot of people are now having issues with non-communicable diseases. And so when I talk about non-communicable diseases, there are simply diseases that cannot be transmitted from one person, an infected person to the other. And so usually there are diseases that are more or less associated with lifestyle. And so through a Wikipedia platform, people get information about certain good lifestyle that they, they, they can put into practice so that they don't end up becoming sick. A lot of non-communicable diseases, for example, hypertension, diabetes, etc., among others, some of all diseases, they are linked with lifestyle. And so when people are empowered with their right knowledge, through the platforms like the Wikipedia platforms, they will be able to get the awareness about certain risk factors for some conditions. And so in the end, they'll be able to live a very healthy and a very better life. The last aspect that I want to touch on is healthy, that the last component is healthy cities. And so with healthy cities, it brings to light the, 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 the importance of considering health at every level of our national development. And so at the level of the, the municipal level, at the district level, at the sub-district level, at the regional level, and it goes all the way to the national, international, and continental levels. And so for us to achieve a world that is healthy, a world that is full of healthy people, platforms like the Wikipedia platforms will be able to help with the necessary knowledge for our various leaders at these levels of leadership or administration, so that when they are even planning cities, they will also look at, consider health implications of how they are planning their cities. When they are planning cities, they will be able to ensure that they earmark lands for 
development of, or for building of health, health, health institutions. They'll earmark lands where they can construct good growth that links people's homes to their hospitals. So that in case people are having any health challenges, they can have easy access to their facilities. And these are all things that the Wikipedia platform is doing to really promote health. And it's, it's, it's really, really amazing. It's really, really amazing. And even now, through some of these platforms, I, I want, we want to look at, through some of these platforms, people across the world can now share ideas because the Wikipedia platforms has other affiliate platforms where people can share ideas on health. People can discuss ideas about health. And this is really making access to healthcare a possibility, access to health information a reality in our day, and then access to health materials for research and other uses also a possibility in our day. And so now students don't have to worry themselves about trying to go all over, trying to get physical books, though physical books are still being used. But then, I mean, with, with a click on, on, your, on your Android phone or Apple phone or your tablet or your iPad or iPod, you will be able to really have access to some of these health information and kudos to Wikipedia. They've done an amazing job and, and I, I, I strongly believe that with time, they can do much more and then we will be able to achieve health equity and then people will be able to have access to healthcare and also enjoy quality healthcare at different levels of their national life. And so another thing that the Wikipedia platform has also done is the fact that bringing in people from all walks of life who are in the, in, in, into health, that is medical students all over the world, doctors all over the world, specialists, pharmacists, and all kinds of health workers, biomedical scientists, among others together on a platform called the, the, the Wiki Medicine Project. And so this is also a platform where people are able to share their knowledge that they have in health to help others, other people to create awareness about trending health issues that, that is bordering our world now. And so for me, I have no doubt that on such an important day like this, the International Podcast Day, I think it's worth celebrating and worth acknowledging Wikipedia for doing a yeoman's work. And for me, I have no doubt that much more will be done so that healthcare, so that all and sundry across the globe will be able to enjoy quality healthcare, have access, get access to healthcare, and then we'll be able to improve upon our life and increase our life expectancy. Thank you very much for this opportunity. And I strongly believe that we all will make good use of platforms like this. Anybody who is listening to me wouldn't waste all your time with other entertainment-based social media platforms. But as you try to entertain yourself on the internet, don't forget 
to always subscribe to Wikipedia, get access to their health information and health materials, get yourself enlightened on health. And I strongly believe that together by doing this, we can live healthy lives. Thank you so much. And long live Wikipedia project. Thank you. Thank you, Collins. Oh, let me say thank you, doctor in training or the health worker within the Ghanaian space. It's an opportunity for me having you on Wiki Abdi celebrating International Podcast Day, giving much insight concerning health-related issues in the space. Thank you, Collins, and I'm looking forward to have you once again. Thank you too, and I'm grateful for such opportunity. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. On, on, on our next update, we have Amer. Amer is, you know, an amazing personality within the space, you know. He's, he's one of the, you know, when it comes to languages in the Wikimedia space, he kind of do, does a lot with, for languages. He ensures that more of the languages that we see on Wikipedia, there's local languages, or let me say localization of our languages, we, 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 we have most of, most of our language being localized. If we are talking about languages localized in Ghana, we are talking about Dagbani, we are talking about Fanti, we are talking about Ghana, and also uprising languages like um, the Pidgin and the likes, which are coming out. He is ensuring that, yeah, those languages become um, localized. Aside that, there are other languages in the global sphere that even you've not even heard of he and his team have been working around in it. So I've been introducing Ahmed to give insights around podcasting in languages and also uh, how to um, translate um, software user interface and also um, translating Wikipedia article. You know, as we celebrate International Podcast Day, today is um, International Day for Translation. So I'm sure Amel would would add a sneak peek concerning um, today, which is International Day for Translation. Amel, please, the floor is yours. Hello, can you hear me well? Yeah, I can hear you. Fantastic. Uh, shalom from uh, Jerusalem. Uh, it's a great honor to be here. Uh, thanks to uh, Jiwale to, for, for inviting me and to all the other speakers. Um, I would uh, like to begin from something maybe surprising, uh, something that, uh, from, from, from a surprising source. I would like to begin from a, from a quote. And that quote is by a writer from uh, Belarus, and uh, that writer's name is uh, uh, Vladimir uh, Karatkevich. He's a pretty famous uh, writer in the country of Belarus, in the Belarusian language. And um, uh, just, just a little context about that country. Uh, in that country has its own language, Belarusian, but uh, also a lot of people there know the Russian language. And he was speaking about this, and uh, he has a famous quote, famous in his country at least. And the quote goes, Выбирай быть посредностью на мове суседа або нечем значным на своей. So this is in the original Belarusian language. And what it means is you should choose to be something average in the language of your neighbor or to be something significant in your own language. So this is a general, this is a general uh, uh, introduction to the things I'm, uh, I want to speak about. Uh, 
So I'm speaking to you in English and it's convenient. So I'm from another country and um, uh, you are from Ghana and maybe from other countries and uh, people from all over the world are listening to, the, to this podcast. So English is a language that a lot of people in the world know. So it's convenient. However, all of us also have our own languages. So for, for many people, English is actually their own language, including in some countries in Africa. Many people in some countries in Africa, English is their language, but there are also lots of people for whom there is another language. And English is just an additional language, which is, again, useful and convenient for business and for education and for travel and for international communication and for lots of other things. But you have also your own language in which you can express things that you cannot express in English, things from your culture, uh, special kinds of feelings and traditions and uh, cultural expressions that just wouldn't sound the same in English uh, or in any other major language. Uh, so people, uh, um, certainly there are many countries in Africa where French uh, is the dominant language or Portuguese, but really you have your own languages. And um, this podcast uh, is in English because it's useful for it to be in English. It's for an international audience. It's for, it's for the whole uh, Wikimedia, the international Wikimedia community. However, I tried looking for podcasts in other languages of Ghana, uh, like uh, Chui or Dagbani uh, or Ewe, and I couldn't find anything. I don't know these languages, unfortunately, but for people who do know them, it would be great if they existed. I live in a country where uh, the main language spoken is Hebrew. It's not a very large language on the world scale. It's about spoken by about 9 million people or so. And uh, it has hundreds of podcasts in this language. Uh, it's not that hard. Um, I'm, I'm not a podcaster myself, but uh, Jay Wally is. And I I'm sure that uh, if you know any other language, you can do a podcast in, in this other language. You can teach your friends to do podcasts, like, you know, all the, all the technology about how to make the audio file, how to upload it, how to promote it. But just instead of speaking in English, you can speak in your own language, whatever that language is. And if there, if there is nobody doing this, in your language, you will be the first, or maybe one of the first people doing a podcast in your language. And think about this, if you do it well, then thousands, maybe millions of people will be listening to you, uh, and you will be the pioneer, and people will say, well, there were no podcasts in, in Ewe, or Ga, or, or Ghanaian Pigeon English, or Dagmani, or whatever, until this guy, or this lady just did this and just started doing this and then other people joined. So you will be the pioneer. So just do it. And uh, uh, so maybe people who don't know this language will not listen to this, but people who do know this language will listen to this. And there are plenty of these people. Uh, uh, most of these languages are spoken by millions of people. So really I'm inviting you to do this. Um, it is done in lots of languages. It can also be done in yours. So this is just an invitation, just an encouragement. Uh, you can do it. Uh, so this is the this is the first thing, and uh, uh, yeah, just <laughs> congratulations for the International Podcast uh, Day, which brings us to, uh, as Jay well mentioned, uh, today is September thirtieth, which is both International Podcast Day and International Translators Day, uh, which is also very nicely related to languages and to what I do uh, in the Wikimedia movement. So uh, I, I will again say a few words about what, what I actually do. Um, I have been uh, in the Wikimedia movement since 2004. 
uh, first as a volunteer, uh, and uh, then also I've been on the staff of the Wikimedia Foundation uh, doing um, things for languages, uh, improving the software support for different languages, and support for uh, translation of uh, articles and user interface. And um, during this work, I, um, I got to know lots of people from lots of countries who speak different languages, who have who are very different people uh, and from very different cultures, but um, they all have something in common. Uh, they all love sharing knowledge uh, in lots of different ways, uh, knowledge that they have, knowledge that they are learning, um, knowledge that they are trying to find, uh, knowledge that they feel is important uh, to them personally or to the world, knowledge about their own culture that they want to bring to other cultures so that people in other countries will know about them, or knowledge that they have about other countries and that they want to give to people in their own uh, country, uh, in their own language. And all these people, they, they, love, the, they love their own languages. Uh, the Wikimedia movement is probably, well, definitely one of the most multilingual uh, movements uh, in the world. Uh, if not the, the most multilingual movement in the world. And um, this uh, massive multilingualism is one of the, one of the most important char characteristics of our movement. Now, um, two major most important things can be translated to almost any, essentially any language in the Wikimedia world. The Wikipedia articles, uh, the Wikipedia articles are the thing that most people know uh, and love and use uh, in Wikipedia. Uh, the Wikipedia articles can be translated um, using a tool, an extension uh, called Content Translation. You don't have to install uh, anything. Uh, you just uh, log in to, Wikipe to Wikipedia using your account and you just uh, click on contributions and then translations. And then you click start translation. You choose the name of the article that you want to translate and then you just translate and that's it. Uh, lots of people ask, is this like Google Translate? Is this machine translation? And the answer is no. Um, for some languages, you can plug in machine translation and machine translation may help you translate more quickly. But this is not the machine translation tool. This is, um, this is primarily a tool for human translators, for, for people who edit Wikipedia articles, who translate them from one language to another more conveniently. So you can translate from any language to any language. Uh, you can translate from um, English or French or any other language uh, to your own language that you know in which you can write um, and just publish this article. You can also translate articles from your own language to some other big language like English or French or Russian or Portuguese or whatever. Lots of people do that as well. There are a lot of articles missing in uh, English and French about uh, other cultures. So you can translate uh, articles from uh, from your language to a bigger language, um, and just do this. Um, you can uh, you can easily find uh, videos that uh, uh, teach uh, how to use this tool uh, uh, in um, uh, Wikimedia Commons and on YouTube. Uh, lots of people really do this, uh, and um, uh, you're just welcome to to do this. Uh, recently, we also released a version that is uh, friendly for mobile phones. We are. Uh, we will eventually enable it on all the languages. It is gradually being enabled uh, in many languages. Eventually, it will be 
uh, available everywhere. So uh, it's called uh, it's in it's a newer version which is called section translation. Like the whole project is called content translation. The version that is adapted for mobile phones is called section translation because you in that version you are translating by smaller parts by by sections and not the whole article. But uh, uh, basically, it's it's essentially the same thing, just adapted for smaller screens and uh, touch screens. And uh, we know that people use this. Uh, we know that uh, since 2015, uh, more than a million articles were translated uh, using this, uh, and people keep translating about five or six thousand articles per week. Um, and th that's what we do. And we invite uh, more and more people to use this, uh, to translate articles to any language, uh, to bring more knowledge to people. And uh, so that's about translating Wikipedia articles. Now, the other thing, which is, which sounds more technical, but actually is really easy to do and enormously useful, is translating the user interface. So by the user interface, I mean all the buttons and links and uh, all kinds of uh, uh, labels and help texts and stuff like that, that appears around the content. So usually on the Wikipedia page, in the center of the page, the, the, the main part of the page is the content, the, the paragraphs, the text of the article. But you also have all those buttons around it, like edit, uh, create, uh, delete, uh, move, uh, log in, account, template. So all these words, they need a translation into all the languages. Just like the content appears in all the languages, these buttons also have to appear in all the different languages. And a common question about this, but computers, computers are centered, are centered on English. And all these computer words, they are in English anyway, words like file and category and download and so on. It's all English, so why, why, why should we translate this? And the answer is, why not? If the content is, if the content is translated, if uh, uh, names of body parts and diseases, the, the, previous, the previous talk was about medicine. In medicine, you have names of diseases, names of uh, viruses, names of uh, body parts, uh, names of all kinds of medical conditions. They can be translated, so why not computer terms? They, sh they can and should be translated. And um, for people who don't know English, this is essential. If, if you don't know English, you will be able to read the article. But what if you need to search for other articles or go through the categories and find similar articles to the articles that you have just read? Um, if, if all the user interface for browsing uh, other articles will be in English, it will be difficult if you don't know English. Moreover, even if you do know English, if you are writing uh, in Wikipedia, for example, in Shui, one of the biggest languages of Ghana, and you have other friends who are also writing in Wikipedia in Shui. So this is, this is great if you do this and if you have friends who do this. And if you talk to your friends about writing Wikipedia, if you talk to them, you know, just, just, you're just speaking to them or you are writing them messages on email or WhatsApp or Telegram or Facebook or whatever, if you if you talk to them, will you talk up to this? Will you talk to them about this in English or in Chui? Now, to me, it makes sense that you should talk to them about this, about your Chui-speaking friends, about writing Wikipedia in Chui, and you should talk to them about this in Chui, um, using the Chui words for page and editing and template and category and delete and download and so on. So your whole world, your, your whole uh, community will be in that language. Uh, this gives you true independence. This gives you your own true character. You do things completely in your language. 
to achieve this, some work, it's actually not such a huge work. Uh, I've, I've been recently uh, involved with uh, people who do this, in particular for Chui. Um, also, I'm doing this uh, now with uh, the More language and uh, with uh, the, the, the new language coming up called the uh, Dagare. So people are doing this. It's not that hard. Um, translating this whole thing, it is done on a website called uh, uh, translatewiki.net. Um, I'm very easy to find and I can give you any technical support that you need with this. And you just go there. You need to dedicate, um, for each language, it takes like a few weeks to uh, translate everything. For Chui, quite a lot is already done. For Dagbani, quite a lot is already done. For more, a bit less, but they're working on this. So whatever your language is, you are very welcome to come there and to do this and to bring the software user interface uh, translation, also called localization, to 100% for your language. And then Wikipedia can be used completely in your language. The complete whole uh, premium uh, experience, everything in your language. Imagine how great this is, that you see that your language can be used for computers. This gives value to your knowledge. This gives you, um, this gives you true you know, self-respect that you can see, I'm not dependent on English or French. I can do everything on computers, in Wikipedia, in my own language. Uh, I've seen this many times. It's a, it's a really satisfying feeling. So this, is a, uh, this was a very brief introduction to the kinds of things that I do um, about podcasting and about uh, translation of uh, uh, software user interface and of a uh, Wikipedia article content. Uh, I'm very easy to find. Uh, my name is Amir Aharoni. My uh, username in Wikipedia is Amir E80. Uh, I am so just ask me questions anytime. And uh, your volunteering is very appreciated. Uh, and whatever you can do is very welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Amir. Thank you, Amir, for um, joining us on this episode. On of Wiki Update and also the International Day for Podcasters edition and also the International Day for Translation. It's it's amazing having you talking, giving us insight concerning translations and also activities related to translation in podcasting. And this is a nice opportunity for us having you and also all other speakers who agrees um, to this um, edition of International Podcast Day. Um, we are grateful and we'll be looking forward to um, have you in a future episode. And probably in that episode, we, we need to talk more about translation. We need to go much deeper and how um, translation for all languages in the world, how it can be beneficial to various countries and their lives. I think this short discussion um, has been impactful because even though it was short, you, you really made sense of the short time that was provided. Um, once again, thank you, and we'll be looking forward to have you again. Thank you anytime, and uh, thank you for organizing this. Um, and really, uh, it's, it's all your work. Uh, my appreciation goes uh, to all the volunteers who do this amazing work. Okay, thank you.
Yeah, so wrapping up the day on International Podcast Day or IPD, I'd like to say a big thank you to Dave Lee for coming on board to give a keynote address, even though he wasn't around. I'd like to also say a big thank you to you know our speakers who came on board. That's Max Ruby, Collins, Amer and also Sadat, they did extremely well giving insight concerning whatever they were doing in their various communities of which would have impact upon people during the International Podcast Day. I'd like to say thank you to everyone and let's look forward to next year 2023 doing more. Take care everyone and bye-bye.